Well, welcome to the new year, everybody. I'm so appreciative that not just our community members are here today to join us and, and support and commit to these meetings, but we've got Jonathan as our special guest speaker, which is fantastic. I know we've all been waiting to have him on for, for quite some time now. Um, so I'm excited. One of the topics this month that we really want to lean into is online influence and creative positivity, right? What we want to do is bring positivity to the world. And if we have to reach through the screen to do it, we want to have some highlights on that. So Jonathan's our speaker today. Next week's going to be Johnny. Uh, he's going to tell us about his journey in creating an online following and trying to boost his followers. So definitely tune into that. Before we get started, Jonathan, I know that you are coming to us remotely. Um, I want to have the community members introduce themselves and where they're at just so that we can feel committed to each other and connected. And then uh, we'll have you introduce yourself if that's, if that's all right. Cool. Awesome. Well, I'll go first. My name is Adam Griggs. I'm your moderator. I'm the co-founder of a software platform called Clarify, and I'm coming to you from Columbus, Ohio, where it is dreary and cold. Uh, Patrick Kagan, founder of PK Solutions Group. We provide print solutions like the one you see behind me on my wall, and we provide business consulting solutions. And I'm glad to hear about Jonathan's exciting journey with Bones or No Bones. So I am Patty Farmer, and I'm coming from Dallas, Texas. I'm a marketing and media strategist and magazine publisher, and uh, I'm really excited to hear about all about what Jonathan's going to talk to, because this is the year of community. It always is, but this year is really, really getting, that's my number one goal this year is building community. So I'm super excited to hear what Jonathan has to say. Chris Costanis is uh, one of our community members coming from the Carolinas. He's enjoying the beautiful weather down there. And uh, he has an online following where he's creating fun, interactive videos for people that want to learn about insurance and what it takes to make sure they're protected. So Chris, thanks for being with us today. I appreciate you and your commitment to the community. Lindsay. Hey, I totally want to look at his videos now. <laughs> uh, I'm Lindsay, founder of co-founder of Waymaker. We help uh, small businesses create big brands. And this year we're launching a program where we do weekly accountability calls, where we take action on the big vision. Um, it just creates space for us to plan our businesses. And for entrepreneurs, that's kind of a big deal because we don't, this is the community we create. Only if we create it, will it happen at all? So uh, yeah, that's what we do. I love it. Thanks for being here today. And again, so, so many big positive things coming out of the community this, this year and starting this month. You know, I appreciate everybody that's committed to be here today, number one, but sharing what you've got going on for the year, definitely throw that out in the community. Make sure you guys are putting up a little bit about what your goals are and what your anticipation for the community is. We want to engage, support you, and elevate you because it's all about reaching through the screen, right? Humanity, being part of the community. So, and that's what leads us to Jonathan. Jonathan has an incredible online following and, and we couldn't get noodles on today because we need his translator. So Jonathan's going to translate for us. Yeah, I do. He is resting right behind me. So there may be a special appearance. Um, and I just wanted to mention really quickly that we actually were just, our LinkedIn community was just recognized as one of the most engaged groups on LinkedIn. Um, which is really a huge, huge effort, Adam, to you, by you and everyone on this call and so many people who will hopefully be watching this from the community. So we've really built something remarkable and I'm so excited to see what we can, what we continue to do with it in 2022. Um, but thank you so much for having me on as a guest today. It's so nice to be on the other side of this. I will need, brevity is not a gift of mine. So feel free to just jump in whenever you need me to just stop talking, Adam. Um, 
But I've worked, so my name is Jonathan Graziano. I am currently working as a social media manager at GoDaddy. Um, I have been working in social media marketing for just about nine years now, uh, exclusively in social media marketing across, I have agency experience, I have startup experience, and now we have uh, corporate experience. Um, and uh, I, I've built sort of a career around uh, managing social communities and building social communities across all of our different social platforms. But very recently, um, my geriatric pug and I have come into pretty significant internet fame uh, on TikTok and it's trickled over into Instagram and um, many other <laughs> many other places um, where we have this little series where I just started to share. Um, we do this thing in the morning called Bones or No Bones where he's a 13 year old pug and sometimes that engine is just, you know, needs to warm up a little bit before he goes on a walk. So what we'll do is we'll, I'll record us um, where he'll be in his bed you know, just ready to start his day and I'll sort of sit him up. And if he sits up and he stays standing, it's a bones day, which is a day where you've got to treat yourself and you've got to go after a goal, you know, pursue that thing you were procrastinating. It's a bone. If this dog can sit up, you can do your day. Um, and then if he flops back down and continues sleeping, it's a no bones day. And that means that you can take it easy. You've got to be kind to yourself. Uh, you've got to, you know, take a bath, you know, call a friend, whatever you've got to do, implement some self-care. And we started posting these videos in August just because we were in this routine where I, you know, I'm remote right now. I'm, I'm, we're not in New York where we usually live. I'm actually coming to you live from my childhood bedroom uh, in the sunny and freezing Rochester, New York. Um, uh, but uh, we have this routine where I'll, you know, I'll work, I'll start my day and GoDaddy is West Coast based. So we'll have a lot, you know, a lot of stuff going on in the morning. And I'll check and see if he's ready to go on a walk because I won't really have time to do it after, you know, between, you know, 10 o'clock and, you know, 12 or one. Uh, and I, it's just so funny the way that this dog reacts to, you know, just being in his bed and being very trusting of, <laughs> he pursues relentless comfort, which is what I've told people is he really is, um, his life goal is to be comfortable. And uh, it's such a privilege to take care of him. But I started sharing these videos on TikTok just to combat the, existential dread of the pandemic and being stuck inside and not being able to see people and wanting to build a community and a space for myself on this social media platform that I find hilarious. I think there are so many people on TikTok who are geniuses in the way that they just create content so easily and are very, very casual with, with their brilliance. And I, I really do think it's just a, a wonderful platform. Um, but somehow, some way, these videos have taken off, and we have amassed a following of 4.6 million people um, follow us on TikTok, and they just people just want it. We don't know how it happened. I don't know how it happened. We had 100,000 followers on October 3rd, and by October 27th, we had four four million. And it something. I, I have a couple of ideas of how this happened, but I really think that this was a, an exercise in or an example in. Um, how really desperate people are for community right now. How, how people, I really, I've said this to the New York Times, I think people are just hanging on by a thread <laughs> in a lot of ways. And, you know, people can be running their own businesses. They can be, you know, very fortunate. Like I've been with employment and with my health throughout this entire thing, but it is very difficult to motivate. It is very difficult to find inspiration right now. It's, it's more elusive than I think it's ever been. In some ways, I think this has been sort of a pressure cooker for people to create, but in a lot of other ways, it's been very, very difficult on people for so many different reasons. And 
Um, somehow, some way, we have built this online community that has been a real, a real pleasure to be a part of and to help to help maintain. So I'm very excited to be able to share some of our experiences with you and hopefully share some tips on uh, building a social presence, keeping an engaged audience, and just you know taking the temperature of what's going on around you um, to to succeed. So much in that story right there. I mean, first of all, I got to ask, you're coming to us from your childhood bedroom. Let's yeah. talk about childhood dreams. Did you want to be a branding manager and influencer? Right? I, no, I, oh my gosh, when I was growing up, there was no influencer. Like, just like you, I'm sitting here just kind of being like, what is happening? I, there was an article I read in the Atlantic a few months ago about how they took, um, they asked, uh, teenagers in the 2000s or the 1990s, the 2000s and the 2010s, what they wanted to be when they grew up. And the 1990s and the 2000s, it's, you know, everyone wants to be an attorney. They want to be a doctor. They want to be a rocket scientist. They, you know, some of these upper echelon jobs uh, and then, you know, own a lot of, you know, I want to run a company, whatever it might be. And then in 2010 to 2020, it became, I want to be an internet personality. I want to be an influencer. I want to be a singer. I want to be an actor. And it's interesting to, to, for a long time, I didn't really understand that. I was just kind of like, why do people want to aspire to have, I can understand wanting to have a following on, on social media. There's a lot of just, you know, personal validation that comes with that. But there's also what I've, I've learned is there's so much opportunity that comes through building out a presence, both in, you know, as far as being able to expand your reach and also just financially, there are so many opportunities that come along with this that I it's it's tough to it's tough to kind of take a litmus test of of the you know what everyone is feeling about influencers but I had no you know real intention of this coming to fruition in the way that it has I you know I do some comedy around the city I've always loved performing and it's part of what I like about managing social platforms and building social strategies is it storytelling is what I fundamentally care about that is like my cornerstone I, I never shut up when I'm telling a story. I can go on for 20 minutes. And I just think that there are so many different ways to tell stories nowadays, whether it's for the sheer value of sharing with people, whether it's for to try and get someone to buy something from you. I think storytelling is one of the most significant ways to, and it has been for thousands of years, um, to communicate one message to the masses. And that's something that I always wanted to do, is I always wanted to be a storyteller in some capacity. And I found that now I'm able to do it in many different ways with both the work that I do at GoDaddy and the content that we put out and the way that we manage these conversations. And now with Noodle and this TikTok following and being able to share, um, you know, different narratives and things through that way. So <laughs> I, I think what you're doing is amazing. You know, when I was gearing up for this interview, I was thinking about the fact that you are a storyteller. And I think that's what really just drives people's engagement with, with your relationship with Noodles is it's genuine and you're letting them see something that is, is special in your life. And yeah. you're doing more than just putting pictures of your animal online or videos and being braggadocious. You're sharing moments and then you're giving people positivity, which you're right, they're fiending for. People want that positivity and you're giving them the ability to say, yeah, it's okay to take care of myself today, right? We have a yeah. mental health crisis with people that are working and balancing and trying to be what they want to be, which is everything to their family, to their world, to their, their partners and their business. And you're giving them that. And I think that's, that's important and it's validating. And I think that's why the audience grew the way it did. Um, that's just my conjecture, of course, but honestly, and yeah. like Lindsay said, it takes willpower out of the equation, right? So I think everything you're doing is just 
it, it's fire. It's fire, man. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. I really appreciate it. It's been, it has really been the craziest time of my life to watch all of this happen in a way that was totally unintentional. When I first started posting these videos, if you look at the old ones, <laughs> I used like hashtag old pug. Hashtag senior dog. I was very con I was very convinced that this would provide value for the senior dog community, right? People who I already know know about Noodle or follow me on Instagram because of Noodle. I thought this appeals to them exclusively, but I found that there are just so many people out there that are looking for authenticity, and they're looking for people who, you know. I try very hard as far as making sure that it's a good piece of content and that it's something that anyone scrolling past it. And this is something that I feel strongly about in both my personal content that I'll post and the professional content that we'll post here at GoDaddy is this, your, your content has to provide value to people outside of serving whatever your goal is, whether your goal is to get new followers, your goal is to get people to buy a product. If you're doing like, if we're doing a sponsored post, for example, I've been very picky with the brands that have reached out to us because there are a lot of brands who just want the eyeballs on their content. And I'm sitting here going, that's great. It would be awesome to make this money, but how can I provide value to people who have no desire to buy this product? How can I make this video valuable to them? Because if they just see me as someone who's just trying to make money off of this, that takes all the fun out of it, right? That takes all the fun out of it. But you know, we did a, a partnership with hotels.com where they reached out and they were like, just, we, we hear that Noodle likes, you know, staying in bed all day. How would he like to stay in a hotel bed in a small bathrobe? And, you know, we try and let people know the kind of the fun of going to dog-friendly hotels. And I sat there and I went, okay, I can create a video that is fun for anyone watching it. When, you know, TikTok skews very young, like 13-year-old is not going to, you know, book a two-week, you know, hotel stay with their dog. But they might see the fun in it if we're able to share that in this video. And I think that that's one of the most important cornerstones of any content strategy is you have to think about obviously the value to yourself and your company and your brand. But if this reaches someone who has no interest in what I'm doing, how can I still make this appealing to them in a way? Because that is how you bring people in who might not necessarily even be a prospect that you could think of. And I think that that's such a, a key aspect of how we've been able to manage this success is that the whole, everything is just based around, if I was following this person and I had no idea what they did, what would make me interested in them? Yeah, no, I think perspective is everything, especially when you're looking at it in the eyes of your audience. And I love that what you've done is not just sharing what you love, but you're having fun with it and you're making it special. And I think so many of us that own businesses have to remember that Yes, we know our craft and we know our industry. And sometimes we get a little bit overwhelmed with the details. You got to still make it fun. You still got to share and make it special. And if, if it takes, you know, being a human and sharing something that's interesting about your life, you don't do it. I think that that really validates that you are a person and it helps grow your audience. Patty. Yeah. Vulnerable. Oh yeah, Patty. I was just going to say that one of the things that I really love about that is because when you're, everybody knows the definition of community, right? And they all crave it. But if you really pay attention, a lot of times people are still doing old school broadcasting, right? You know, they're putting out content that's, they're just broadcasting. There's, and even if sometimes it is valuable, like the tip is valuable, there's a big difference between when somebody is broadcasting a tip or strategy and when somebody is sharing community-based 
care yeah. like they took the time to do that i mean it is so easy to spot it maybe you couldn't before but nowadays people are craving that so much more now and i yeah. think that's what you have always done amazingly well from the first moment i met you jonathan thank you patty i so appreciate that and you're spot on i think you're spot on with that is it's you know it's just what's the format of your message how are you going to get this message across it doesn't have to be you know, you don't have to be a comedian. You don't have to have like a special talent in that kind of thing. But vulnerability goes a long way. If people see that there's a human whose intention is one thing and they're trying, you know, to just make this accessible to others, that's going to, I believe that that's going to pay off for you. I really do. I, I really, really do. Because people want to know, especially in the day and age that we live right now, where you see all of your coworkers from their living rooms and from their homes, it kind of pulls that you kind of pulls that curtain back a little bit and you're like, okay, so maybe it's not a wizard. Like maybe it's just some guy on a megaphone pretending to be one. Like it's that whole idea of um, everyone is a human and we can all connect. We all have that in common. And that is something um, automatically that is a place that you can, you can launch from. Yeah. I think that's super valuable. And I think that's what took you from your hundred thousand to 4 million so quickly is mm -hmm. the fact that people can see that you were having fun with it and you're a human, you're only, yeah. we could watch it constantly over and over again and just really enjoy it. So I appreciate you for that. Uh, it looks like Patrick has his hand raised. Jonathan, big applause, obviously. Um, you know, we hear a lot about fixed mindset and growth mindset. And I, and I, I look at what you've done uh, and really the two fixed points are where you start and where you finish whenever this ends. And the in-between is the growth. And from the growth comes lots of creativity, lots of ideas. And I find it, um, I guess, motivating as well as interesting that if someone sat down with you and said, okay, Jonathan, we hired you today. You're going to do something on TikTok. You have a quota. You have to grow this from 100,000 to 4 million in a month. I would guarantee that fear of failure and past experience would invade. And so where you started helping senior dogs, wherever this finishes, which I hope it never does, and all that stuff in between um, is inspiring because many times we get fixed on what we do for a living rather than how we live while we're doing what we do for a living. Yeah. And so, I mean, my applause to you, this is, it's fantastic. And I love the fact that it was organic and it wasn't like you were hired to grow this following to 4 million from 100,000, you have 30 days to do it. Yeah, Probably that would seem daunting, but instead this came from a passion, which I think that's really what we need to infuse into the workplace a lot more these days. I totally, totally agree with you, Patrick. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And I could not agree with you more. I, didn't, I wouldn't think that was possible. If someone came to me and said, grow this from 100,000 to four and a half million in a month, I would, I would say, what are you talking about? Like, how is that an attainable goal? And it's something that I've realized is what makes, what I think makes TikTok so powerful. So first and foremost, the one thing that I think is really important to recognize is there's two things that you touched on that I, I kind of want to expand on a little bit is um, I really like, I really like when you mentioned that, like, sometimes we forget a little bit of what, what we're out here to do. We get so focused on the goal or the end thing. I worked, so the, my very first job out of college was at a company called VaynerMedia. I worked under Gary Vaynerchuk for a few years and I had a fabulous time learning from him. And on the wall, and I've, I've said this before on this, on, in our community meetups, I've said this before, but on the wall, this was sort of our scripture that we followed at Vayner. Uh, there was a big chalkboard wall and it said, content is king, 
context is God. And that is something that I keep in mind with every single post that I put up is my content might very well be to try and get someone to subscribe to this newsletter, but my context is that I wanna help people. I wanna help people with whatever it is that they might wanna do. You know, where they wanna achieve a goal, I wanna help them with that. So keeping that in mind with every single post is a great way to help ground you and to help use as a litmus test for who is this content serving? Is this content my overall goal? Is this contenting the overall holistic goal I have of helping people? Or is this just serving this one specific ask? It'd be fine if it's serving that one specific ask, but you're closing yourself off to a lot of different, um, a lot of different opportunities or a lot of different uh, instances where you could uh, connect with people. And then that also pertains a lot to when you're posting on social, understanding sort of the, 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 the temperature of what's going on in the world. Like, you know, one of my favorite case studies that uh, we looked at in, co or not even in college, but this happened in real time. And I will, you know, I will kind of throw them under the bus here because they really screwed up. There was a hashtag trending on Twitter one day. Oh, there was a colossal mess up. There was one hashtag trending on Twitter one day uh, during the um, sort of the beginning of the Me Too movement was hashtag why I stayed. And it was all about uh, uh, domestic abuse victims posting on this hashtag saying, you know, there was some big media event had happened where someone had stayed in an abusive relationship and the conversation was around, how could you have possibly stayed in that? Like something bad was happening, why didn't you leave? And a lot of people were sharing the context around why I stayed because I had three children and I needed to focus on them or because I wasn't financially independent and like, it's not as easy as you might think. DiGiorno did not take the temperature of what that hashtag was. They did not realize what that hashtag was about, but they saw it was trending. So they decided to tweet hashtag why I stayed because he had pizza. And you, you know what I mean? You just kind of sit there and you're just like, what? What were you thinking? Like you saw a trending topic, which we should all be able to identify if we're playing in a social space. But if you don't understand the context of what you're saying, their tweet went viral. I'll tell you their tweet went viral. But it was for all of the wrong reasons. And it's so important to keep that in mind. Like when I'm posting about Noodle, he's a 13 year old dog. I have to make sure that people know that he is very well cared for and that this is something that is, this is something that we just do normally. This is just something that is part of our day. And that the all goal of all of this is to just take care of this dog in whatever way we know how to do it. And by checking if he has bones in the morning is hilarious and fun, but I've learned through experience that if I just, if I'm running late and this dog is in a dead sleep and I pick him up and I take him out to go, you know, to go potty or whatever, and he's not ready to wake up, he'll just fall on the sidewalk. And that is not good. That is not good because that's how he could hurt himself. And that's how we could go, okay, I need to take a step back and remember that I'm definitely, you know, I have my stuff to do during my day, but if my overall goal is to holistically care for this dog, I have to take those steps to make sure that he's in the right place to do it. Because you're 13 and a half years old. Sometimes he's just not getting out of bed. And that is something that I have to adapt with. Um, well, I think that uh, I think that you have the right mindset because the follow to my thought was that there may come a day where um, those folks that found you because they needed, absolutely needed what you offer, which is soothing. Um, when those numbers go back from 4 million to 100,000 or whatever it may be, it isn't a reflection on you. You didn't fail. Um, and there can be the opportunity to feel like I'm chasing those numbers again, 
Rather, you've helped them, you've built a bridge, and you've gotten them to that next place, which is something that yeah. you can't put a price or a number on. Um, and, and, you know, noodles is part of that. So I yeah. mean, congratulations. And thank and, you, Patrick. Yeah. You have to reevaluate. How can I serve? How can I continue to serve? Right. We had the whole bubble where we were getting millions and millions views of each one of these videos. And then people move on to the next shiny thing. And there are people who love noodle and will continue to watch him, but whatever your content is, you know, you just recognize, okay, this worked for me now how else can I serve in this space? How else can I provide value to people outside of what I've been doing? Because it really is adapt or die. And that's you know a, a mainstay in all marketing, whether it's social or whatever, is you have to be able to be flexible. And I appreciate what you said is metrics matter, but you can't use them as the, the, the only, you know, the only means of measuring success because there is an ebb and flow on social. There is, it's just constant. It's constant. There are some days where a lot of people are looking for attention from you, like gyms, for example. You know, I can't imagine that, you know, New Year's is probably the best time for gyms. And then they have a big lull afterwards and you just have to figure out how can I continue to adapt this? Um, and that's applicable across any different kinds of business. Yeah, I, I used to run gyms and it was an exciting time for the first quarter. And it was a grind <laughs> for the other three. Um, I was one of those people. I'd get my membership and then I would just never use it. Yeah. I got, I got a Planet those. Fitness membership one time. I didn't go to the gym, but I did go to the McDonald's next door. It was nice. a real, real highlight for me. It was a great moment. Nice. Now, and I think, I think what you've talked about today so far, especially in conversation with Patrick, is that social influencing or even having a brand online, it's a double-edged sword, right? People, your audience most of the time go to social media to diffuse or vent. They're on one side or the other. And if you're not careful, you're going to destroy any possibility of maintaining that relationship. And those relationships really, they fan out like a fire and they can either be a positive fire or a detrimental fire and you're doing it the right way. And I, I think that's valuable. I think people need to be aware when they're putting content out there of what the impact could be if they use the wrong handles and the wrong tags, or if they put out a message that's just inappropriately timed or just falls flat. I mean, if you watch somebody and after two or three times, you realize that you're just not jiving with them anymore, you're going to unfollow them. You're going to stop You're gonna stop following them because yeah. you don't want to hear the same thing over and over again, right? And mm -hmm. you have a brand that is growing. And yes, you do have a style that's daily, but you've done it so well. And I just think you've done it with not just grace, but you've done it with this this excitement and this, this level of energy that people want to share. Um, and I hope that it continues. I know it will, but I, I got to ask you, Jonathan, I want to kind of transition the thought here. At the beginning of last year, you said you'd never own a business. You don't think you're going to be an entrepreneur. You just like being in social and supporting the community and all this. When did things shift for you? When did you go from reactive to proactive on this business? <laughs> because um, you've got a brand now that is a business, right? Yeah. It, it happened while every, like in tandem with the growth. Like it happened so, it was so meteoric how quickly this grew. And, you know, I never thought of having a merch store for Noodle. I never thought about getting, you know, we'd have a couple of brand deals every now and then with like Swiffer or something, but I never really thought that it would be something so big. And I still, to this day, I still do not consider myself an entrepreneur because I happened upon this. I happened in, I definitely consider myself a content creator and I suppose an influencer at this point. Um, but I, I have so much respect for people who truly operate a small business. Like 
do the, the products, they do the shipping, they do the packaging, they do like, I tried that. I Noodle had little pins one year. We had little pins made and it was a full-time, it, it was a full-time job. It was a full-time job to try and handle all of this. And I knew as soon as this started to take off that I could not do my full-time job at GoDaddy and do a full-time job of running a noodle business simply because they would operate in tandem with each other. So what I ended up doing was, it was honestly, there was one day where I just remember looking at my phone and seeing that we had gotten 100,000 followers in an hour. And I just went, okay, all right, we've got to, <laughs> all right, we've got to make moves on this. We got to do something. And uh, the first thing I did was ask for help. The very first thing I did was reach out to my contacts and say, I really need help with some of this. People are asking for merch. They want to know if we're interested in brand partnerships. How can I manage this in, an, in a way that is effective, um, but also in a way that really lets me focus on you know, my, my day? Because these videos would take probably a half hour from the time we, we film them to doing the voiceover. It really wouldn't take too much time. But then there'd be so much opportunity to engage, which is such an important cornerstone of any social media strategy. Whether you're getting thousands of comments or you're just getting a few, you, you have to be present on your platforms, right? If you launch, you know, it's one thing to take a name, right? You want to get the name on Facebook, you know, make sure to hold that space. But if you, you're there, I always consider social to be your digital storefront. So if you have a social media handle on Twitter that it's so-and-so my business, and you're not really, you're posting stuff every now and then, but it's not consistent and you're not responding to anyone. That's what I'm going to take away from your business. You might have a very lucrative, successful business, but I'm not going to do that research because I've already gotten the tone from your social media presence that I'm going to go with a competitor who I know is going to see me if I have a question for them, or I know is going to respond if I want to celebrate something with them. I know they're going to be sort of in this, in these trenches celebrating with me. Um, so it was really when I saw the volume start to increase that I recognized there was a real opportunity here for people said they wanted noodle merch. They said they wanted noodle merch. They said, we want more from this dog. And I, I thankfully had a great network of people. And I've, you know, I've been able to network with a lot of people who work in this, you know, manufacturing businesses and, you know, distribution businesses. I found, I finally ended up working with a company that does everything full circle. They do everything for me. And I just kind of say yay or nay, um, which has been such a lifesaver because it's so much to run independently. It is so, so much to run independently. But I think it really boils down to just recognizing, really listening to what your customers are saying, really listening to what your people follow and what the people following you are saying. Like if you have people you know, it, it, there you can do focus groups all you want, but if you have comments on your social media platform where people say, I would like this service, you can guarantee that there are other people who feel that way. Or you could at least look at that and think, is this a gap in my business? Or is this simply something that I just don't offer? And it, for the longest time, it was something that I just didn't offer. I do not have time to up, run and operate a merch store. Like my, my focus, my main focus is on this job that I have. But I was able to find that there were enough people who wanted this that I could reach out to people and get them to help me with it so that we could bring people what they wanted while also sort of keeping that, you know, uh, my own sovereignty around my 10 to six every day, because that was always dedicated to, you know, my primary, primary function, which was to operate as a social media manager for GoDaddy. So it was hard to, to kind of 
get a side hustle up and running when you didn't have any intention of it happening. But I think we had a lot of help and I was really just boosted by the people who said, we would like you to do this. I found a way to make it happen. I, I love it. I think just you saying that, I think people would be shocked. Oh no, Jonathan needed help. He asked for help. That's that's wild. So much. Oh my right? gosh. You're, you're such a professional, but it's true. Hopefully business for, for so many of us that are entrepreneurs and running small businesses, hopefully it gets to the point where you're overwhelmed and you have to ask for help. And that's okay. If you're in a community where you can engage and leverage and utilize other people's expertise to grow your business, why wouldn't you, right? It's not about having the control. It's about knowing that you're building something that's valuable to you and having the grace to accept that you have to ask for help so you can protect that, right? Yeah. You, have, you have a love for noodles in this brand. And this is why I asked this question about you transitioning into business because your community and your followers have a love for noodles and your brand. And I've seen the merch, I've seen the sweaters, we've seen the ads, right? The people post pictures of themselves and their families around Christmas sharing this amazing. It's so cool. Wasn't that so cool? It was the coolest thing to see people wearing their family suite of no bones shirts. Mm -hmm. um, but that all just kind of goes back to what I said a little earlier about how else can I serve? Is you sit here and you just go, if you've built a really positive, especially if you're building a, a space where you're present and you're engaging and you've got an active audience, asking for help is just a way of letting other people in who want to help make you better, right? Like you can definitely be picky about who you're working with, but it boils down to how else can I serve? The only way I could do that is by getting someone to jump in and assist me with this, is by getting someone to jump in and help me with this. And, you know, it's one thing to try and get you know, I want to keep as much of a hold on this as I can, but you also realize I still have other things that I have to do. And if I'm not, if I'm spread too thin, I'm not going to be able to be present anywhere that I need to be. And that is a huge detriment to, you know, your bottom line, whatever you're doing. If you burn yourself out, you're not going to be any good to anyone, especially yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're, you are so right there. I like the fact that you put it as letting others in while asking yourself, how can you serve? Because, and, and Patty's raising her hand and Patty's an advocate for understanding how can I serve my community better? But I think one of the things we have to remember is we can't do all the good in the world, but the world needs all the good we can do, right? I love yes. that quote. And you can't do it by yourself. So if you've got something that's got this ripple effect, this ability to impact others, why wouldn't you, right? Why wouldn't you? And I think, you know, Lindsay said it's a sign of great leadership. I think that that's true. When you own a business and you have the ability to take that, that internal temperature, right, and, and check in with yourself and make sure you're still leading the right way, that, that's a definite quality of good leadership. So, uh, Patty. So I think a couple of things that he said that I really, really tapped into is when you do that and you ask for help like that, that's that vulnerability thing again that people really tap into because they look at influencers. They think, oh, well, I could be an influencer too if I didn't have to do this, 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 right? You know, so it kind of lets them in and, and really kind of being vulnerable helps that in a way that I don't think people realize. But the other thing that I think that you said that I really think is important is a lot of time, we spend a lot of time thinking, oh, what should I do? I'm going to do this. And we spend a lot of time in that, phase of what's the next thing and then we don't listen to the people who we serve right you know, they tell us what it is that we want you know that event that I started doing in New York 14 years ago I mean it had 14 people the first time and then I mean it they would say to me you know what would be really great Patty 
And I'd be like, oh no, tell me. And they say, oh, it'd be really great if you did this. And, and then the next year was like, you know what, if you did this, like, like this alumni intensive that, and we could come back, that would just like be really great. And, and so I feel like if you just listen to what they say, I mean, in what's happening right now, last year in 2020, I didn't get to do my event mm -hmm. in New York City, but in September of 2021, I did. And I had 99 people show up in person in New York and only four of them were from the United States. Everybody was from Europe and two of them had to quarantine and they still came because wow. they said, Patty, this is what we really want. Will you do it? We will come. And my gut was telling me, are you kidding, Patty? It's New York. But they did. So I think that if you ask, they'll tell you and just be vulnerable and listen. Again, that's always listening instead of thinking yeah. we know. That's what we need right now. Absolutely. And it's so it's so easy to be precious of the thing that you've built, of the thing that you want to build and the idea of, you know, I set a plan. This is how this is going to grow. This is the way it's going to go. But when you when you discredit that, um, those recommendations or that feedback from the people you are serving and you're not able to, you're not willing to be flexible in that way, you're really, you know, you're cutting yourself off at the knee. So I love hearing that you, took that feedback because you built something so special to you. And I can sometimes get very stuck in my head over like, why does this person want me to change what I'm doing? Why do they want me to do this differently? Why, for example, someone would comment, started to comment and say, can you please put dates on the top of these videos so that we know exactly what reading this is going to be? And what, what, you know, what day this bones or no bones reading is going to be, can you put a date up there? And a lot of people had asked me for that. And I didn't want to do that at first because TikTok distributes content over many days. Like it could be many, many days that, you know, it takes for someone to see a piece of content. But I realized the people who are initially sharing this video, the first people to comment, the first people to get this up and running are the ones who are very eager to know uh, okay, this was the reading for November 13th. So that was a very easy change for me to make. And I saw it, I saw a significant impact it had on people because they stopped commenting, asking a question of something for me to do. And they were commenting instead by tagging another person to share it with them. So you were able to sort of convert a question or a call to action from someone into a much more valuable engagement simply because I stopped being precious about this, this format that I had built and this routine I was in. And that was a big, you know, it was a small thing to do, but it was a big moment for me to recognize like, oh, I've got an iron grip on this and I need to loosen up a little bit because then that's the way that I can let this community, which we have built and is just as much a part of this as I am, help to drive this to even greater success. And that's, I think, very applicable to what you're doing and it's applicable to what I'm doing. And it's applicable to anyone out there who's you know, who's running a business and is just trying to figure out how can I grow in this environment? It's tap into your network, listen to what people are saying. I love it. I think that uh, the way you said that too is, is so important. It is precious to you. And it's important to make sure that you're not turning it into Gollum, right? It's not precious. Yeah. Oh my God. Yourself, that right? was a good one. That was a very good one. Your kids love that, don't they? Adam? They do. They do. I tell stories to them every night and we always utilize voices so that they can visualize better. Oh my gosh, you're the best. So, but it, it's true. If you don't offer the ability for, for people to really engage, I think that you're going to fall flat. And if you don't understand how to make things work better for your audience, 
especially by taking that feedback from the audience directly, you're missing the mark, right? And there's so much you shared today, Jonathan, just in what we can do in building our brand and making sure that we're relevant and staying focused to what, what matters to us. Um, and you gave a couple of tips here and there about using the right hashtags and being aware, tagging other people instead of, you know, just replying to, to uh, comments. And you've got this community of ambassadors. So I kind of want to close it out. We're at the top of our hour here, but what do you think is one of the, the key points that our audience can take away if you're going to have an, a brand online on any of these platforms? What is the first thing you think people should take kind of inventory of? So the, the very first thing is, I would say, is to, to be present in the space that you've launched. Is if you're going to put content up, I can understand it might be discouraging if you only get one or two comments on that post, but it's so important to nurture those one or two comments because anyone seeing your post through the feed will see that you are responsive and that you are interested in what people have to say about what you're doing, whether it's good or bad, they have questions, they don't understand what you're doing, they want to know more. Um, it, I cannot tell you how much of a difference it makes to see, you know, I'll go to a brand page. The first thing I will do, and a lot of people will do before they go to a business on their website is they will check their social profiles. Who are these people? What do they stand for? And how do they engage with their audience? You know, you see different brands have different tone of voices on, on social and you see some of them have a lot of fun. You see some of them be a lot more serious, but the brands that are the most successful on social, the businesses that are the most successful are the ones who are present with their community. They're the ones who are responding. They're the ones who are putting up content that's engaging. They're using the poll function. They're using stories. You know, they're showing behind the scenes. They're letting people in to their process, whether it's by answering their question or simply pulling that curtain back and letting them know this is how the magic happens. It makes all the difference. Um, and then the, the next thing I would say is um, uh, uh, remembering why you launched this platform in the first place and what you hope to gain from it. Because I didn't do any of this hoping to get viral fame. I think that's kind of you know, an intrinsic goal in anyone on social is I would like to get a number of followers. I would like to get a pretty big following, but the goal is always to, to do right by yourself and to do right by your objective. So if you're a business that's out there and you're trying to get people to buy pet food or whatever it might be, I can't just see your product. I understand that you're a pet food. I totally get that. I want to know stories of these different dogs that love your product. I want to know about the people who are helping to make this product. I want to know why you, the founder of this company, care about dogs. Like, why should I believe, why should I buy your product? One of the things that we did at BarkBox that I loved so much was, I don't know if you guys are familiar with BarkBox, but it's a subscription service of toys, treats, and shoes for your dog. And one of the things that we would do, they were a little haywire on social media. It was very much, you know, we, we were given a lot of free reign and we did some really wonderful stuff. Um, one of the things that we would do is, and this is something that we didn't even start, but people started using the hashtag BarkBox Day. When their dog would get their BarkBox, the, the most value out of a BarkBox is the first 15 minutes. When the whole family gets together and watches their dog rip into this box and get so excited by what's inside. People would upload hashtag BarkBox Day and they would, hundreds of people would upload videos of their dogs doing this thing. For the longest time, we weren't doing anything with it. We were engaging with them and we were responding with them. But then over time, we started to build entire content series around video compilations of these dogs loving these products, asking people to upload these videos and tag us so that we can feature them in our stories. It really is about tapping into 
how are people using this product? How are people engaging with this? And how can we spin that to work for us? So what it ended up being was we would tell people, buy this box, your dogs are going to love it. And then the following video would be 50 dogs freaking out because they got this box. So we were able to follow up what we said with, with this content. We do it at GoDaddy as well, where we're able to tell people, you can build an amazing website with us. And in the very next post will be a brilliant example of an entrepreneur who has built a fully functional, gorgeous website with us. And this was only something that we discovered through learnings where people would say, we believe that you've got great products, but I don't believe I can build it myself. So we'd say, hey, we're going to feature this entrepreneur who did it themselves because they can. And it's something you take the time, you can do it. Yeah. Um, so those are probably the two things that I would say. I love it. I think facts tell, stories sell, right? Everybody engages with stories. When you go out, you don't tell all your friends all the facts you learned about something that you bought. You tell them about the video that was funny as hell that you really liked. And then you yeah, the show them the video, right? Mm -hmm. and, then yes. and then it trickles out. And I think what you said right before that was, if you're going to pick a platform, you have to be present. And all these platforms have tools, right? There's a Swiss Army knife behind the scenes. There's a way to have polls, engagement, comments, likes, shares. and if you're really present, that's how you really build community. I think Lindsay asked a question on here. It says, how do you get to community? Because so many businesses are pre-community. And from what I've seen, just personally, I think it's just like you said, being, being present, which means to be active on there. It's not mm -hmm. just putting out content and then seeing that people are hitting like, and you like the fact that they hit like, right? It's asking those questions, driving creative thought, sharing those stories. If you have those stories, it gives people context back to that context is God, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about being present in that. And I love that that's the two tips that you shared because that's important. I mean, it, it, it'll get you so far on building a social brand doing that. Um, yeah. Go comment on those polls post. that Jonathan does. Oh my gosh. Even when I was taking those classes and I couldn't attend every time I was going in there and I, I mean, as Jonathan will say, like I was always on those polls because it was something quick and easy. I, you know, I was in class. I, I couldn't attend, but man, I always, those are so good, Jonathan. I enjoyed good. every single one. Oh, good. I'm so glad. It's, it's just, a, again, it's such a great way to just recognize that we're all people and we want something from each other, whether it's a sale or just a, a point of contact. We all are constantly craving something from each other. That doesn't necessarily mean we want to take advantage of anyone. We just want to build these connections. And that's why I think you know, social is very much the wild, wild west <laughs> in so many ways, but it's really wonderful in the sense that you have the opportunity to connect with people you never would have. If someone likes one of your posts, click on their profile, see what they're all about, comment on something that they've done that you like, comment, you know, follow them if you like their content. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and to, you know, to, to let yourself be vulnerable because you're going to build something over time. If you're consistent with it and you stay true to yourself, you will build something that is always proven true always i love it i love the consistency aspect and i love that it's creative and fun that's what it's all about um do we have any other comments or kudos before we close this out i want to make sure that i'm considerate of everybody and their time i just wanted to say hi to everybody and happy new year um i could i have lots of comments but you know we can we can hold off for another time but one of the things that that jonathan had said about authenticity i think is really, really important and does go very far. The other thing, I think the flip side to that is being too uh, revealing. Um, and I've seen that sometimes with influencers or just other small business people where they get on social platforms and they talk about their business and then they get into 
incredibly personal stuff, which I'm like, I feel like they crossed the line. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a realtor that I personally know um, who did that recently. And I was like, oh, wow, I don't think I want to do business with her because she did that. Um, and that's just something that people need to be very conscientious of because the other thing is once it's out there in social, it never goes away. Um, and people sometimes forget that, that there's there, it lives, right? And so that that can really cloud your brand and image. Yeah. And so just being really conscientious always of what you post, I think is very important. Absolutely, totally agree. And I think that's all, you know, that can continue to be rooted in who am I serving with this? If I'm going to put up a post that people follow me because I do real, you know, real estate, but I'm going to start talking about very, very personal struggles. Like you have every right to do that, but yeah. who are you serving with that? It's certainly not the people who follow you. And right. that's an important thing to remember. You're totally right about that, Rachel. Yeah. But anyways, huge fan of my, my coworker, Jonathan. As we all are, which is why yeah. I, I love this. this. This has been an incredible hour, Jonathan. Thank Thanks you. For comments. It, your story is great. We're going to continue to follow you. Of course, if, if anybody's not following Jonathan, Jonathan, where can they go to find you on TikTok oh, or Instagram? Or? We're John Graz, J-O-N-G-R-A-Z on Instagram and TikTok. And then if you just want to follow Noodles Instagram, it is show me nudes <laughs> on Instagram, N-O-O-D-Z. Um, I did not come up with that name, but wow, what a good one it is. Wow, what a good one it is. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate you for that. A little bit of humor with a lot of fun. So you got it, man. You laugh or you cry. Yep. That's that's the world we live in. So I appreciate you. I think this was a great meeting to kick off the new year. Uh, everybody that joined us today, thank you so much just for being present and being committed to to listening and learning and supporting Jonathan and, and his journey with noodles. And if I don't see you guys before next week, be safe and have a great week. Make it count. Bye, guys. Bye -bye. Thank you. I so appreciate this. Have a great one, everyone.